Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you we're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show Free from GP, Rantut, Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block. From Afros and Braids, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3, RTT at Gmail. Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? GP3 round 126 is in the building. It is uh, another Another great week, another fun week. Ran, you in the building, man? Always, man. Hey now, hey now. Um, as as we um, dive into another crowded, busy week, man, go ahead and let people know the uh, GP3 story. Okay, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. The three of us come from the Grove Park community in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We went to Grove Park Elementary School. My name is Ran. I grew up on South Elizabeth Place. Our third member who's retired from the program, Tut, uh, he grew up on Charlotte Place. And Tommy B, where did you grow? Man, I was on North Avenue, bro. North Avenue, as always. Hey, man, uh, you got any shout outs? Just, just not many, man. Um, you know, just it's, it's just a crazy week. Um, today, um, the producer, world renowned acclaimed producer, Timbaland, today is his birthday. Timbaland! Yeah. Um, Aaliyah. He and uh, Miss- who else? Missy? Yeah. Go ahead. Missy. And, you know, he did some work with uh, Teddy Riley and those guys, man, back in the day, because they all come from that Virginia area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tomorrow's a, tomorrow's going to be a lot of birthdays, man. Uh, Ralph, Reverend Ralph Abernathy's birthday, Bobby McFerrin, uh, Terrence Howard, uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. Wow. Then on Tuesday, you have um, Ambassador Andrew Young, former baseball great Daryl Strawberry, and um, Dorothy Hyde. And didn't is Strawberry? Didn't he pass? Did he pass away? No, Strawberry's oh, he's still around. He's still alive. Okay, Dorothy Height. I know passed away. Okay, right. With, yeah, and of course, uh, Andrew Young, man, is still doing his thing. Still active. That's great. You got any other stuff? Mm. No, that's it, man. That's it. Okay, just a a couple of quick things, man. Some. Um, some shout outs and and also just a few, uh, I guess, reminders. Well, just quick 
update and I'm not going to get into the story, but um, I did want to just do an update before we got rolling, man. Uh, the Justice Smollett thing, grand jury uh, returned uh, 16 felony counts. Uh, we're not going to get into it this week, but I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that uh, on the show. That thing just keeps going. It, it, it's just interesting. I, I want to get your thoughts on that later on, but uh, I just wanted to mention that before we get rolling. A couple of programming notes, man. Shout out to Sanyu Estelle, man. She did her uh, first um her first uh, show, Get At The Root, this past Thursday, and she's going to be doing a show on the network uh, every other Thursday, 8 p.m. You can stream it live at castropolis.net, and she's going to have the podcast available for you as well. Uh, we're also streaming, man, on Facebook Live uh, every week now, um, so I'll, I'll make sure I pass that along to you and all the folks. Well, congratulations to her, man. She made her maiden voyage. <laughs> yeah, you know how that goes. <laughs> you just got to do it, man. Also, so, um, you know, on the, on the uh, Facebook Live, um, you guys follow us and hopefully, you know, set your notifications. So when we go live, um, you'll be able to check it out. Hey, man, you know, we have a bunch of authors in the A, Violet uh, Meyer. And I hope I say her name right. She's going to come on and talk about, you know, Jordan Peele's movie Us is coming out on um, the 22nd, 21st, somewhere mm-hmm. that, that same week. And, and she writes in that genre and I'm uh, just going to have her stop by on the 24th because I know she'll see it. And um, yeah, I've, um, I've I've been to a, a screening of it. Oh, it's, it's I know you did. It's phenomenal. Man. Were you blown I mean, away? This could, a, this could be a masterpiece, man. Were you? I mean, we OK, thought, let me let me thought, ask you because I want to save out, it. We thought Get Out was was a game changer. This could be a game changer, too. OK, OK. That's what I wanted to know. So when uh, she comes by on the 24th, she's going to stop by. And by the way, she's um, she's she's an author and she's all around the ATL. You know where North DeKalb Mall is? Yeah, it's not too far from my house. That's yeah, exactly she, where it is. Yeah, I know she's and, and as we tape the podcast on a Sunday, I think she's going to be out there today from noon to six. And, um, you know, I, I've asked her to, to stop by and, and give her insight on Peel, the genre and and so on and so forth. So looking forward to that, man. You know, I get hype about that genre, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Plus, Peel is doing the Twilight Zone thing as well. So shout out to him. Hey, man, um, happy again, Women's History Month. Uh, we just had um, International Women's Day and and a big what better way to celebrate Women's History Month than with the queen uh, for y'all who are checking out the show live. I know by the time you get the podcast, it may have aired, but I'm sure it's going to be on demand. The Aretha Grammy special airs tonight at nine on CBS and CBS All Access. So uh, that's going to be hot, man. You got Tyler Perry's going to host. And of course, Smokey Robinson is going to be involved in it. And um, just a you know, moving tribute for the, the Grammys. Uh, and, and I'm glad they did it as a separate show, you know, uh, because it's really difficult to do that much for Aretha. You know, would they give you like two minutes on the Grammys, <laughs> five minutes or whatever? And, you know, you just you can't say it right two two minutes. Yeah. Commercial break and a commercial break. You, you just can't do it justice. So um, this was taped live back on January 13th. And uh, of course, it'll feature Smokey and some other folks. Jennifer Lopez going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyler Perry's going to be there and uh, should be cool, man. Should be cool. So y'all check that out. Hey, man, a couple of shorts, you know, before we dive into the week that was. um, Hey, man, have you heard about this NABJ, CNN? The rebuke rebuke of of Jeff Zucker? (laughs) It it was Jeff and the network. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And um, y'all may not know uh, because, quite frankly, CNN ain't going to cover it. 
and and even the other networks aren't going to cover it. But the NABJ is is going after CNN for lack of executive diversity. Um, they've met with all the major networks, and and they've even met with Fox. Um, but CNN and, and Jeff Zucker have refused to meet. Zucker claims that the reason he's not meeting is because Roland. Uh, Martin is involved uh, and Martin is, is the VP of digital for NABJ. Um, and, and the reason being is that CNN is still salty after the 2016, that leak. You remember that town hall leak March um, between Donna Brazil, uh, where where they were they were claiming that Donna Brazil had somehow okay, Clinton the questions yes yes it stems back to that that's why you no longer see Donna Brazil on CNN and that's why basically quite frankly they distanced themselves from Martin um, you know they were both removed from the network you why know they and distanced themselves from Roland because Roland was just a contributor I mean, he he you know he really he left the network a long time ago well the thing was the wiki WikiLeaks released remember when they released the Podesta emails right. And, and all that, the leak. Well, within the emails, his name implicated him and and Donna Brazil. So the re- one that was one of the reasons you've not seen him. So really blame it on WikiLeaks. And and another organization's really come, you know, become involved in this color of change. It's a national uh, online force driven by about 1.4 million members. They've joined, and according to their comments in their press release, they said, when there's more of us in the room fighting for our stories to be told and raising awareness about the issues impacting our communities, we have an even better chance of creating change and ending the practices of unfairly that unfairly hold us back. Uh, in addition to that, Alpha Phi Alpha uh, has gotten on board. Any noobs on board? <laughs> I don't know, because, you know, Roland, Roland, Roland is an alpha. Yes, he is. Yep. So they're coming to his aid. Uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. Um, has has gotten on board as well. You've got the National Newspaper Publishers Association. Uh, Dr. Ben Ch- uh, Chavez is involved in that. Um, and um, just a whole bunch of Pope folks, including uh, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley from from Massachusetts uh, is involved as well. So, what are, what are your thoughts, man? I'm, I'm I'm curious. Well, you know, the thing is, Zucker is uh, is, uh, is is one of uh, Trump's cutouts in CNN. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, going back he, to the Apprentice, uh, right? Right. Right. Okay. So uh, he's uh, uh, he is known for being a very biased person. Um, in, in terms of uh, at CNN, because you remember at one point um, CNN became the more Povich or the uh, show, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with with the dueling um, uh, uh, analysts mm-hmm. uh, that combative style, yeah, almost right, ESPN, right. yeah. So this this doesn't surprise me, man. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the other media companies are not saying anything because it's something I've, I've always said: white boys always protect white boys. So you know, this is a this doesn't surprise me, man. Um, you know, and, and, and Zucker, quite honestly, is a, is a, is a, is a typical uh, white leader in that um, uh, doesn't want to doesn't want to deal with the people um, he hides. Mm-hmm. He's just hiding, man. That, this is just a punk move, man. Well, it's, it's interesting that they're saying that they will not meet with the NABJ, which is the National Association of Black Journalists. Uh, they will not meet with them um, until they remove Roland from the meeting. But Roland's, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know if you watch Roland's show. I watch Roland's digital show. 
and um, it comes on every nightly weeknights, uh, six o'clock. And uh, he stated he ain't going nowhere. You know, he's on the he's on the board. He's a member and uh, he has a right to be in the meeting. So we'll we'll see how it goes, man. We'll keep you guys up to date on that. Nobody else will, but but we'll That's keep you up to date. That's just a punk move, man. That's a punk move. I agree. I agree. And and you know, it's interesting because I go on Twitter and you take a look at some of the commentary and and people are like, "Well, Roland, man, why don't you step back so they can move forward?" And and, and you know, I don't think that's fair. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, you're going to base this all on on, you know, these emails, these WikiLeaks emails. It's just, you know, to some extent it's, it's hypocritical of CNN to do this. And it, it kind of sheds light on the operation. Um, I haven't been really thrilled with them anyway in terms of how uh, even the, the way they lay their talent out throughout the day. I mean, I'm, I'm more I've really you know been more MSNBC. So there you go. Um, hey, man, we're well, moving on to another story that's buried that you, you definitely won't hear about. Harvey Weinstein. Um, have you now, now let me ask you this. Have you heard any network mention anything, give an update on his trial at all? No, I heard there's a, a documentary supposed to be coming out, but I haven't heard anything about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, the documentary came out at Sundance, but <laughs> again, you know, so so basically just a quick update. The the thing is, um, and, and, and thanks to uh, page six is the only really the only publication doing a consistent update on the Weinstein trial. But a, a, a fed up, he pissed off a judge, man. Um, fed up judge ripped into the Weinsteins, into Harvey's new lawyers on Thursday and refused to delay another case that could interfere with the disgraced movie mogul's upcoming um, sex assault trial. Um, Brooklyn federal judge Brian Cogan all but accused defense lawyers uh, Jose Baez and Ronald Sullivan of, of playing for time by double booking Weinstein's Manhattan Supreme Court trial and another before Kogan involving um, before Kogan involving a client. And I can't even say this name, Mark Nodichik, who's charged in a one billion dollar hedge fund trial. So basically they're using other clients to buffer the Weinstein trial to keep pushing it back. Um, so, you know, interesting, man. But, but you know, I, I just thought I'd give you all an update. But, but you know, playing games. Another big story, man. Another short and, and definitely not a light, but a milestone in, in, in global AIDS epidemic. The London patient, uh, London patient, maybe the second person with HIV to no longer have the virus. I thought that was interesting. A lot of coverage. New York Times. Um, I'll see if I can post that on the podcast page. But um this London patient, um, he's and who's chosen to remain anom- anonymous, was first diagnosed with HIV in 2003. Uh, he took ART to treat HIV for years without issue uh, before being diagnosed in 2012 with an advanced form of blood cancer called, you know, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So basically, they gave him like bone marrow for the cancer and it's, and it cured the HIV. So this could be a breakthrough in terms of um, how HIV uh, may be cured. So had you heard about that this week? Uh, Yeah, man, I heard about it. You know, I I, I think that is incredible news. Mm -hmm. Um, It's incredible news. I'm just concerned about um, access. If this thing works, access, cost, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the profit motivation of the pharmaceutical companies of the healthcare community. I am too. Um, yeah. 
You know, that's the thing that really concerns me, man. And also it shows that when the medical community is given an opportunity, they can solve some of these these diseases I agree. Um, that we have. And it's just a shame that some diseases will never go soft because there's too much money uh, in maintaining these people on the drugs. Mm, and that's amazing. Can you imagine? I mean, mm, I, I'm not going to get into that, man, but that's uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's just it's amazing. I, I can still remember astonishing. Man, when, when I heard, I remember when Rock Hudson died of the disease, mm-hmm. and you know, and people don't realize, Rock Hudson was only fifty-four years old when he passed. Wow, wow. I mean, he looked he looked older than that, but remember, he was only fifty-four years old. Wow. And you know, I remember, I still remember the announcement with Magic, and uh, it was at ninety-two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I can you know I can remember uh, hearing about when the person acquired it, mm-hmm. it was a death sentence. Yeah. It was truly a death sentence. I mean, we've made some remarkable strides, but also too, I'm really concerned about the fact is that African-Americans are not a part of many of these drug trials. Mm-hmm. And they're not a part of the conversations as it relates to HIV, and particularly when it is growing the most in our communities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm hopeful, man, that um, this will lead to a cure. And and I, I agree with you 1000% that I just hope the drug companies don't take advantage of it, the treatment. Because, you know, first and foremost, you know, it needs to be wiped out. It needs to be treated no, no different than smallpox, measles. You know, it, it needs to be given uh, on a global level to everyone um, with a disease, not just those who can afford it. So, you know, we'll see how it works out. Hey, man, let's get into the week that was. It was a busy week. Democrats in Congress are now asking for a ton of documents as they ramped up their investigations of President Trump on Monday. One focus is the president's communications with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Lawmakers expressed concern about media reports that Mr. Trump seized interpreter notes on at least one meeting with the Russian leader and tried to destroy records about those talks. Democrats are seeking documents from 81 sources. Actor Luke Perry, best known for his role on the teen-oriented 1990s TV drama Beverly Hills 90210, has died. Perry died today at the age of 52 after suffering a massive stroke last week, according to his publicist. It was worse than first thought. The tornado that hit Lee County did the most significant damage. Um, We are upgrading that to an EF4. That's Chris Darden with the National Weather Service upgrading one of the powerful tornadoes that hit Alabama Sunday. They believe that tornado had speeds of at least 170 miles per hour. In Beauregard, Alabama, residents and rescue workers have been digging through the remnants of homes destroyed by tornadoes that killed at least 23 people, including at least three children. It's the deadliest twister since 2013. Here's Alabama Governor Kay Ivey. To the people of Lee County, please know that we're here today to stand with you today, tomorrow, and the days and weeks ahead. We will stand together and get through this together. There are enough votes to block the president's emergency declaration to shift money for his border wall. That is, until his expected veto. Senator Rand Paul is one of several Republicans voting no. Governments that begin to be run by by emergencies, really bad things can happen. So I think it's important, even though I trust this president and am supportive, I worry about who the next president is and the next president and the next president. 
Some of President Trump's closest advisors, including his daughter, were missing from a list of people that Democratic lawmakers have reached out to seeking documents. But she could be added to the list. Democrats want the documents for a corruption investigation of the president. Ivanka Trump was omitted, even though former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen told lawmakers last week he briefed her numerous times about a Trump skyscraper project in Moscow. Eighty-one people, agencies, and organizations were named by the committee as recipients of document requests. The House Oversight Committee has announced it is investigating Georgia's 2018 election based on reports that voters face significant barriers to participate in the election. Democratic Congressman Elijah Cummings, the committee's chairman, sent a letter to Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger saying his committee is probing, quote, recent reports of serious problems with voter registration, voter access, and other matters affecting the ability of people in Georgia to exercise their right to vote. It was a dramatic day yesterday for R&B singer R. Kelly. He was taken into custody again after a court hearing in Chicago in which he was ordered to pay over $161,000 in child support. Kelly was detained hours after CBS News aired an interview from Gail King with the singer where he had a major meltdown while maintaining he is innocent of recent sex abuse charges. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this I can't help 30 years of my crib. Robert. 30 years of my crib. Y'all trying to kill me. You're killing me, man. Also Wednesday, less than an hour after the family of Jocelyn Savage begged their daughter to confirm her well-being, she spoke to her parents for the first time in two years. Savage, who is now 23, is one of two women believed to be living with Kelly. She said, quote, I have told you guys a million, million times that I'm okay where I am and I'm happy. President Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was sentenced to 47 months in prison Thursday, much shorter than federal guidelines. Manafort Fort, who soon turned 70, was brought into the courtroom in a wheelchair holding a cane. Manafort's lawyers made a pitch for a lenient sentence. He was convicted for various financial crimes. While he sits in jail for unpaid child support, police in Detroit are looking into claims that R. Kelly was involved in an alleged sexual relationship with a teenage girl in 2001. In a statement, Chief James Craig said his department was tipped off by the Chicago Police Department to a criminal sexual conduct allegation against Kelly that possibly occurred in Detroit. President Trump traveled to the South today to get a look at communities damaged by tornadoes this past Sunday. Mr. Trump also signed a major disaster declaration for Lee County in Alabama earlier this week. That means federal assistance for the region. The president and First Lady Melania Trump flew aboard Marine One and viewed the damage in Alabama caused by the storm. The president also met victims in Opelika, and he received a briefing from the Lee County Emergency Management Agency. Man. So, um, out of all that, what stands out for you, Rand? Uh, I mean, you know, the whole Trump thing, man, uh, particularly uh, as it relates to Paul Manafort, man, how it just shows you the, um, the discrepancy mm-hmm. uh, in sentencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This same judge um, actually sent a black congressman to jail for 13 years. Wow. Wow. On a similar blue collar type of charge. I mean, the thing that really gets me upset is this guy was convicted. He was a black guilty. black congressman, by the way. Correct. Right, black yep. congressman out of out of D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or Maryland. 
I think it, it's just really it, it just shows. I mean, this this forty seven months is essentially a part, man. Yeah. He got a part. Now, now the only yeah. thing the uh, I guess on the horizon this upcoming week is the D.C. sentencing, which um, the maximum is ten years. So, and this judge doesn't have the uh, compassion, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> That uh, Ellis had, Judge Ellis had uh, in Virginia. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. But go ahead. I mean, the guy didn't even the guy didn't even show any remorse. Man. No, he didn't. I mean, that's one I mean, of the things he mentioned. Basically, what he was saying yeah. is, he was basically saying is like, you know, I really feel bad for my family. I I, I can't show my face in the country club anymore. Uh, <laughs> my kids are gonna have to go leave the private schools. Privilege. I, basically, I am so upset that I got caught, Your Honor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to give you my comparison to that in a few. Uh, another case I, I looked at immediately when when I when I heard about the, the sentencing. Um, the other thing, man, the thing that stood out for me big time and I'm, I'm happy that um, that uh, Elijah Cummings is doing this is looking at the Georgia 2018 election. And um, regardless of where you live in, in the country, uh, this is important because these kind of games are being are are actually being played. People don't, you know, people have always said, ah, y'all are just making this up. Um, you know, these are just coincident. Everything is a coincidence in terms of how these things happen. It's a one time deal. No, I mean, it is how suppression is being done, at least I know in the South. Uh, in, in Georgia, Alabama, Florida, in some cases, Mississippi, all these southern states have done this for years. So I'm hopeful that the investigation will, you know, will clear and, and, and open um, a lot of, uh, Pan of, of Pandora's boxes for a lot of these folks who have practiced um, voter suppression for so many years. So uh, that's exciting. That is exciting. And, and you know what, Rand? I, I, I mean, I, I think um, just based on the way that the, the Stacey Abrams Kemp, um, that that whole thing went down, I, you know, I, I really feel that Kemp is complicit and we'll see. I'm not I'm, I mean, I'm not saying he is intentionally guilty, but he's complicit in anything that occurred in the state of Georgia because he had the opportunity to preempt a lot of the issues that occurred and he didn't do anything regardless. Okay. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I know how you are about voting. So um, I'm, I'm sure you're kind of excited about it as well. So, all right. All right, man, uh, I'm gonna get into a couple of things. Um, did you have a chance? Uh, I'm not, I, I know you didn't watch it. Leaving Neverland. Did you watch it? Oh, hell no, man. <laughs> Well, one thing I do want to say, and I just want to bring this up uh, because for the for the sake of the fact that it is news, it happened. Um, Oprah, the uh, Oprah thing, uh, Oprah, the post interview with the victims, um, three takeaways. And, and just want to thank AP for making this available because I definitely I didn't watch it. Um, and and three three takeaways from the Oprah interview one being a child's understanding of abuse. And, and that was uh, Winfrey uh, Oprah had stated by discussing how the word abuse lacks accuracy and that children often can't 
articulate abuse to their parents because they literally don't have the language to explain what happened. That's one thing that Oprah used to view and show compassion for these victims. Okay. Uh, The other thing out of the three was the Jackson estate response. Um, Winfrey read the statement uh, during the uh, interview, before the interview. I'm not sure when she read it. Uh, The Jackson, the uh, Jackson family had released uh, when the documentary premiered at Sundance, uh, which called the film a public lynching and and read in part, we are furious that the media who without a shred of proof or single piece of physical evidence chose to believe the word of two admitted liars over the word of hundreds of families and friends over the world who spent time with Michael many at Neverland and experienced his legendary kindness and global generosity. And third, the aftermath. Um, Winfrey um, was well aware of the hate that she was going to receive. And definitely, I don't know if you saw black Twitter, man, but um, I don't know if they're going to call her Auntie Oprah anymore. Um, But um, her quote during the interview was, so when all the fans and the estate and all the anger with all, so I guess when all the fan and and the estate and all the anger, you guys going to get it is what she said. You know that, right? Y'all going to get it. I'm going to get it. We're all going to get it. She said, kind of smiling at the audience and the audience applauded. And, um, you know, we're going to get it. Are you prepared for that? So just three takeaways from leaving Neverland and Oprah's involvement in that. And um, I don't know, man. Do you think people will look at Oprah the same after this? Oh, yeah, man. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this, this, uh, Oprah's doing her job. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. It's not going to impact. It's going. It's not going to impact Oprah, man. I think so. I think, and the reason I mentioned that is, I don't know, because because even if you recall, over the years, Oprah was pretty close to Michael in terms of getting him on the show, having him on multiple times. Even during the allegations, you never really heard Oprah say anything negatively about Michael. And and I, I just don't know. I think this thing is, is split. Um, I think it's split across racial lines. It's going to be interesting because even when you take a look at how stations are making a decision to pull Michael's music, it's nowhere near the Mute R. Kelly. Mute R. Kelly was pretty much immediate. Uh, the Michael thing is is seeing a lot of resistance where you've got large groups coming out saying, no, we're not going to we're not going to cancel Michael's music. So it, it's interesting, man. I, I just, um, you know, how her involvement. I'm, I'm not sure if, if I, I, I don't know why she got involved in this. Quite frankly, I don't think she needed to be involved in this. But, um, you know, I think it's going to have impact on I, I, I believe it. You know, I, I, I respect your opinion. Well, let me tell you why, man. Yeah, go ahead. <sighs> Michael's dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly's alive. Okay. You got a villain. You got a living villain walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Second of all, Michael's music is not as prominent like it once was. But these it's, kids, yeah. Man, these, young, these younger people do not listen to Michael's music. Oh, man. I got to I got to tell you this, though. I disagree. These young kids know Michael's music and the music gets played on these Disney stations 
even going back to the Jackson Five, you know, I, I, I agree that they may not know um, the way we knew Michael's music. Right. I mean, because but it gets played. It, it gets played. But what I'm trying to say is that it, it's not Michael's not a prominent celebrity now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. So if Michael was alive and this occurred, you would you would see the mute R. Kelly type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. even R. Kelly, when you look and, at the generations, it's there's a gap to when R. Kelly was really big versus millennials now. You know what I mean? Right. But, but the fact is he's still alive. You got to move and target. Yeah. Agreed. And, and he's messing with millennial kids. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because so, one of these one of these guys was involved with NSYNC, which um, right. So, so, so you know th- th- that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, and Michael can't defend himself. I mean, there's so much discrepancy with these with these families and testimony and stuff that it's it, it's not like R. Kelly where there was what, what you just saw some blatant things occur. Yeah. yeah. With the judicial system. Yeah. Now, Michael might have had some judicial things. There mm-hmm. might have been some things behind the scene because he had Johnny Cochran. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cochran was known for uh, for manipulating the legal system. Uh, yeah, but, but, as, but as a lawyer should. Yeah. As, as a lawyer should. Yeah, I mean, that's his lawyer. But... I don't. I don't think it's. I don't, I don't think it's going to have really any impact on on Oprah whatsoever. We'll see. We'll see. But one of the other things, man, I I was watching uh, this week, man. I saw. You know, uh, I forgot which one of these guys um, was actually involved. Uh, Robus, Robson, Robson was involved with uh, NSYNC, and um, I saw Joey from NSYNC on the um, the talk. He was on the talk. And he said they asked him about the whole Michael Jackson thing. And he said that Wade, I don't know if you remember when NSYNC did the performance with Michael Jackson on stage. I think it might have been the MTV Music Awards. And this was well after, you know, the peak of their career. This was this was, the one that he did at Radio City Music Hall? It was like a, um, um, uh, it was something with his brothers. No, no, it was this, like a, I think this was, was a different one. Yeah, this was a different one where in sync it was a Michael Jackson tribute, and in sync was involved in it. I think it might have been the MTV Music Awards. But the bottom line is, uh, Joey was saying that Wade basically said nothing about any of this, and this he said, and you know, this has been within the last ten years, maybe five years or so. You know, when when they did this, I, I didn't look at the date, but but what Joey was saying was. He was shocked when this whole thing came about because um, he was of age at this time. He was an adult. So if he was having issues with Michael, it didn't seem that way because he was so excited about Michael being involved in this tribute. He, he had talked about how he was, you know, consulting Michael on his image, his hair. And and so Joey, who, you know, you probably you don't know NSYNC, but Joey, the 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 bigger guy, one of the bigger guys from NSYNC, he's got a gray beard now and he's hosted some shows. But he was saying that uh, it, it's tough for him. He was shocked with the uh, the leaving Neverland because he, he didn't see it with Robeson's last contact with Michael before he died. And he said nothing at all. And he had always, that he had known him for a while. 
So it was interesting to hear that take on it from somebody who really, you know, has no skin in the game. So interesting. It was interesting. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. I mean, black Twitter right now, though, they ain't letting go. You know, how black Twitter is, but we'll see. R. Kelly and Gail, man. Um, one of the, uh, you, I don't know if you had a chance to see the interview, um, CBS this morning, uh, the eight o'clock, um, man, CBS was milking this bad boy. Uh, but a couple of takeaways from the Gail King, R. Kelly, uh, interview. Um, one of the big things is R. Kelly doesn't have much money left based on what's going on. I mean, he had alluded to about $350,000 in a bank account when he was talking to Gail. But um, that's one of the big things is he's really uh, right now, even I think when it comes down to the bail, there are third parties who are bailing him out because he doesn't have the money. Um, the other thing is his girlfriends are in love with him. I mean, I don't I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> And they are blaming. It's, it's like the Stockholm, the Stockholm syndrome. Man, yes. Fall in love with your captors, man. And they are blaming the parents. Um, and um, was Asriel Clary, 21, Joycelyn Savage, 23. They say they live with him. And uh, they've, they've complained that uh, the parents are basically just in it for the money. Um, Kelly has said another big takeaway from this interview is Kelly saying um, that he was not trying to m mentor them at all. Um, he says basically he saw them, he fell in love with them, and he built a relationship with them. And he had, he'd even stated that um, one of the girls, Savage, couldn't really sing. He said he, he started dating her when he saw her on stage because she was beautiful. Okay? And the, the last takeaway um, was the fact that he has no relationship with his kids. You know, of course, he was arrested, wound up having to pay the child support. But, um, you know, he's three children with uh, Andrea Kelly. So, um, you know, that relationship's over. So any any thoughts on that, man, on the um, R. Kelly thing? I mean, man, I, I have no sympathy for a pedophile, <laughs> man, a predator, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I mean he, he does the same thing that serial killers do. Uh, white guys kill their wives, man. They'll sit up there and call the police and cry and do everything, man. He's... No, this is all sympathy, man. I mean, he he's a predator. He knows what he's going after. He he finds vulnerable young ladies who probably have some very dysfunctional relationships in their past, mm -hmm. very low self-esteem. He comes in, he swoops in. He's a, he's a he's a prince in shining armor, mm -hmm. and he knows what he's doing, man. I mean, yeah. Gail, I thought Gail did a great job. She she kept her composure. Yeah. Um, his his legal team, um, his PR people. Uh, I guess you pay for what you get. Uh, yeah, he's he's you, down. You do too. not put a you do not put a person out there. Oh, no. who's not prepared. But also, too, you don't put a person out there who you know is emotionally mm -hmm. not ready. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, um, I, I think he they're caught on a they, they're caught between a, a hard place and a rock. And that in the past, your lawyers would say just keep quiet. That's mm -hmm. what Michael Jackson did. You just keep quiet. Mm -hmm. We're not going to try this in the court of uh, public opinion. We're going to go to court of law. But now, because of social media, people feel they have to say something because if they don't say something, uh, the impression people say, well, he must be guilty. You know, yeah. why is he talking? And so um, this is a classic example of a guy who's unhinged mm -hmm. yeah. um, and his 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 legal team did not do him any justice. Because remember, 
anytime you give an interview, uh, it's admissible in court. Yep. All this. Yeah, absolutely. All this is admissible in court. Yeah. So uh, for them to agree to this, mm-hmm. uh, for them to agree to this was 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 a miscarriage of uh, their fiduciary responsibility. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think for the victims out there, this was a great thing, yeah. a great thing yeah. for him to expose himself. Well, you know, the body language, folks, the, the people who read body language just had a field day on this whole thing. And, um, you know, and it, it, I agree with you. It's going to come back to haunt him in court. You know, all of this is, is, is going to be admissible. Now, I'm not sure how it's going to impact where they hold the case based on the number of people who've seen this, um, you know, in terms of them attempting to get a jury. Because how many people are you going to find jury of his peers who have not seen this? You know, that, that's going to be... Um, you know that's going to be interesting in terms of how they pull a, how pull a jury together in or in Chicago, and now this thing coming up in Detroit. I mean the hits just keep on coming. It it, it ain't going to stop. So interesting, man. I'm, I'm I really, you know, hearing those parents. They're in Atlanta. Um, they are all over ATL News. Uh, it's really tough hearing the parents talk about the relationship with their with their daughter. But but it's a it's a cautionary tale, man. Don't 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 take your kids to these guys. I mean, even you know, I'm I'm talking about just don't don't take your kids to people like R. Kelly. <laughs> you know, even going back to hell. You know, even thinking about the whole Boondocks thing. You and I kind of joke about you know how Aaron Aaron Magruder did the thing with Boondocks and R. Kelly. Hell, that was enough of a cautionary tale to say. Um, may not be a good idea. There are just so many, you know, even, you know, of course the Aaliyah thing, but but why would you knowing his past? You can't do that. So parents, don't do that. You, you know? could say the same thing about even with Michael Jackson, man. If, if, yeah. if those rumors, no. if, the, if you knew those rumors existed. Yeah, why would you? Why would you, why would you take a chance? Yeah. I'm no. literate. And so at some point, some of these parents are going to have to answer to the fact is that they actually pimp their kids. Yes. And you know what, man? Even when you look at these reality shows with um, the dancing kid, the kids who dance, and, you know, these stage moms, I mean, you know, that's what led to all this. And and you just, you know, let your kids be kids. You know, let, well, it, yeah. let your kids be kids. Yeah. Well, right now, because of social media, we have this um, uh, addiction uh, to fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and social media, quite honestly, is 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 the crack that that has done this. Yeah, it has opened up the doors. I hate to say it, technology has done some great things, and mm-hmm. yet it has uh, it has unveiled the underbelly of some other things. Yes, agreed, agreed. Agreed. Hey, man, real quick, Manafort. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but my comparison for Manafort, you remember Wesley Snipes? Yeah. Okay, if you look at the whole Manafort thing, look at Wesley Snipes. Okay, Wesley Snipes got three years for a misdemeanor, for three misdemeanors, you know, failing to file. And that's pretty much it. He was acquitted on uh, three other failure to file charges. And then Manafort gets 47 months. So basically somewhere in the same ballpark, eight tax uh, and bank fraud charges in a case that stem from him working with pro-Russia political forces, 
lied to banks and other financial institutions for more than 10 years between 2006-2017, uh, failed to pay taxes on more than $12 million, $12 million <laughs> between 2008 and 2014. Plus, he lied to the special counsel. And, you know, and he's an agent. And he's an agent, man. That's, yes. That's, he's, he's a foreign agent. Yeah. If you don't call that treason, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> what do you call it? So that's that's what got a whole lot of folks upset. And you started seeing a lot of memes, a lot of, you know, comparisons, man. And, and, and there, there are a ton of comparisons. Like you mentioned, the, the, the black congressman under the same judge who got how many? Almost 10 years? 13. 13 years. Just doesn't compare. And, and I don't know if you saw uh, or heard Dan Rather's quotes. Um, one of his one of his quotes was, and this is according to Dan Rather, and I quote, I will say a lot of black kids in the projects routinely get worse sentences than Manafort has gotten, you know, and he said, and the sentence is just a slap on the wrist to you. Um, um, well, he's, he said it's a it's a big slap on the wrist to a big time criminal. He called him a big time criminal. Well, yes, yeah, a slap on the wrist to the justice system, man. Yeah. It, it just shows that, again, back to back to my my, my soapbox voting. Yeah. These judges get lifetime appointments, and they get lifetime appointments by the people who we elect in office. Yeah. To protect themselves. To protect right the people. And this is who, another yeah. example of white boys protecting white boys. Yeah. Yeah. But rather went off, man. Rather was pissed. He said it was a minor sentence for another elite, well-connected Washington big shot. So there you go. I hope his ass rots in four years, quite honestly. Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting, man. This other um, this Washington sentence is coming up up to 10 years and, and we'll see and then combine. Now, now, even people who aren't high on Manafort, they feel like even the four years he won't make it because of his age. So they're saying that they got him. They don't care. The four years, he's not going to make it in jail. You know, he's... he's I, I get that. He's get not that, healthy man. enough. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get that. Yeah. But, you know, it depends on where they send his ass. Hmm. But I'm more concerned about... I think he's going to go to a country club kind of jail. Yeah. You know? He's, he's going to go to Camp Fed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm concerned about the justice system. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is yeah. this is about the, the the whole justice system. Like Dan Rather said, you got kids getting fifteen years for possession of pot. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. You know, you got you got kids who who are you got fathers who are being locked up uh, because they can't pay child support and they get more time. They spend more time. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the thing that really you know again is about voting. Yeah, the power of the vote. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, man, Ian Omar, representative. Um, and of course, you know, um, all the pressure was on the Democrats in the House to pass something that would um, rebuke her. But they didn't. They passed a resolution condemning most imaginable forms of hate speech and bigotry. And, and, and candidly, personally, I think that was probably the best way out. They had to do something. They didn't mention her name, which I thought was the right thing to do. Um, And a lot of people called it a watered down resolution. Um, And, um, you know, based based on the fact that 
she did quote unquote anti-Semitic tweets uh, and the public feuding with um, uh, the uh, Democrat uh, representative Nita Lowy of New York on Twitter. Um, of course, I mean, again, I mentioned she was not named in the final resolution. It did pass. Um, and just to kind of give you an idea of what it said, um, uh, the final text lists white supremacists who target African-Americans, Latinos, uh, Native Americans, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, and other people of color, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, the LGBTQ community, immigrants, and others with verbal attacks, incitement, and violence before it gets into examples of anti-Semitism. I uh, passed 407 to 23, and guess who all the no's went to? <laughs> oh, we know. It went across the aisle. The Republicans. To, to the elephants. <laughs> the Republicans. Went to the elephants, yeah. So, so in saying this, man, what about Trump? You know, why have, you know, why has it not been, or has there not been an outcry to do something similar uh, for, you know, like this for Trump or Steve King? Um, you know, and the other thing was, and, and I've heard this argument and, and this conversation over all the talk shows and, you know, Sonny Hoskins, Hoskins, um, she's on the view now. She, she's a former prosecutor and she used to be on CNN, but she, she posed a really good question. She said, you know, she's well, a statement more or less. She said, you can be critical of Israel without of Israel's policies without being labeled anti-Semitic, you know, and, and a, a couple of people have, have given examples saying I'm American, but I have problems with American policies. That doesn't make me anti-American, you know, or. Yeah, I think when, the, when that young lady said that uh, she used the term American Jews. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's when it went off the rails. Yeah. Her. Uh, oh, yeah. Her her language her the semantics in terms of how she said it is what screwed her up i agree yeah but go ahead yeah i mean that, that's what screwed her up. i mean and, and again we need to understand this is a this this young lady is a young lady mm -hmm. yes she is and she has the fire in her belly like most activists mm -hmm. and at the same time she is saying things quite honestly that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with yeah I'm not saying what she said was right. I'm not saying what she was wrong. But what happens is when you're an activist and when you're out there, you say things, quite honestly, that make people feel uncomfortable because there's a there's probably a level of truth to it in, to some aspect. Of yeah, agreed. OK. And so she was doing what she felt that, that what she felt, not necessarily. She didn't do it probably the way that um, a seasoned person would do it. Mm -hmm. But I think Sonny is absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, you can criticize Israel's policies without talking about Jews. Yeah. And, and you know what, man, I'll say this. Um, it's tough to have a conversation about that with with Netanyahu in office. It's really tough because he's so right wing, you know, even the fact that he's been indicted <laughs> in Israel, you know, right now, uh, it, it's tough to have, in my opinion, a civil discussion with him involved in the process and, and especially with 45 involved in the process. Um, when we get beyond this administration, maybe we can have a civil tone. Um, I think the peace agreements uh, can never be done 
based on the fact that 45 is in office and, and you've got um, Netanyahu uh, in office in Israel, it's, it's just going to be tough to really come up with something that is civil in terms of conversation. But I do think, man, we have to clearly, clearly qualify, you know, what is and what isn't before we label people. It's just like Mark Meadows, you know, when Mark Meadows, of course, you remember when Mark Meadows started crying about somebody calling him a racist. Well, you know, if you don't want to be a called a racist, then don't say racist shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't say, you yeah, know, I mean, it, don't it, do it, racist it, things. It, your know? actions, <laughs> it, it, actually, your actions indicate who you are. Yes. So don't it's do racist stuff. Not your words, it's, it's your actions. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, if you say we're going to send Obama back to Kenya and somebody calls you a racist and you say, no, I'm not a racist. And, you know, don't, don't cry when you do racist stuff and people call you a racist. And, and I just I'm, I'm, of, I'm of the belief that black people can't be racist now, prejudice, maybe, but not racist, because racist, the racist has the power. And I don't think we have that level of power where we in the system where we can manipulate the system. We're in the minority. Blacks are in the minority. So anything else? I agree with you, man. Definitely uh, agree with you. OK, um, HR bill, man. Um, congrats. I, you know, I don't know if you heard you. Of course, I know you heard about this. This is a big deal. It just ain't going to make it. <laughs> Election reform, because <laughs> I just don't think, unfortunately, that uh, McConnell is going to let it happen. H.R. bill, H.R. Uh, one bill uh, has voting protection. Um, thanks to Max Greenwood at the Hill for writing this up. Uh, but there were five things about this that uh that stand out. And even though I would love to see this pass, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the Democrats approved this on Friday uh, and it would reshape campaign finance rules and impose new voter registration requirements uh, and compel uh, presidential candidates to release their personal tax return returns. You hear that, Bernie? <laughs> yeah. You hear that, 45? You hear it? You hear it? Uh, the legislation, H.R. 1, is in many ways a direct response to what Democrats have alleged is potentially impropriety on the part of President Trump and his 2016 White House campaign. Uh, it's I don't know if you know, Rand, it was like 700 pages, 700 pages. And, and it does have the potential to reshape voting, campaigning and government ethics. Uh, five things, man. Um, and again, the worst of them all is the measure is virtually dead on arrival in the Senate. McConnell's already said it. He's called it a power grab. Uh, it does contain some controversial um, provisions. Uh, it overhauls election rules and expands voter access. Um, same day automatic voter registration, same day registration. Um, and also another provision that would make uh, Election Day a federal holiday in a bid to, to boost uh, voter turnout. Uh, it does take aim at 45, uh, especially with the mention of the tax returns. And uh, it is going to be a hot issue, man, for um, 2020. It's going to be an issue based on the fact that the Senate will uh, will not pass it. Any thoughts on hearing that? Well, man, I, th I think that they had to do that, man. Uh, I thought that was a I think that's a good shot across the bow. 
uh, is going to definitely help change the political landscape in terms of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Uh, if I was a Republican, I would have voted for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I was a House Republican, uh, because how can you talk about liberty and democracy and not vote for a, a law or bill? Excuse me, a bill that actually guarantees that that yeah. actually supports the Constitution. I agree. Um, is you know. Uh, what I see now, I see a lot of these guys are doubling down short term. They're making short term bets and they're afraid of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they are. By, by co-signing on, on some of these uh, atrocious acts. Uh, and they need to understand something. Washington stays, but you come and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Every senator, every congressman, there's an expiration date on your term. Yeah. Whether it's, whether it's two years or 60 years, mm-hmm. it will end. Yeah, yeah. No one lasts forever except, uh, damn, Biden. <laughs> and a few other folks. But, yeah, you're right. Most of these guys come and go. The majority of them come and go. You're right. Anything else on it, man? Um, you know, we'll watch it. We'll see what happens. But, you know, agreed. Um, you know, um, it, it's going to be interesting how the Dems spin this for 2020 based on the fact that it's going to be voted against. Uh, you can you can imagine the campaign ads. Uh, the other big thing that came out this week were, were the uh, jobs numbers. They have projected about 180,000, somewhere in that neighborhood. Only 20,000 jobs were added in February. The other big thing uh, was, according to the Commerce Department, the U.S. trade deficit ballooned to $891 billion last year. And that's the largest in history. And that's a $621 billion, with a B, deficit. And that's more than $100 billion greater uh, than the figure that President Trump inherited from President Obama. And they're basically pointing to the, um, to the tariffs and uh, the retaliatory tariffs um, from um, our partners, our trading partners, probably is having a negative effect on, on this whole economy. And of course, um, you know, we've all we've had conversations on the show about, you know, the the wasted tax break, you know. So, you know, we'll see, man. I you know, you hate to see a negative economy because it, it impacts all of us. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I just think the policies of this administration are, are taking it off the rails. It's almost intentional. Any thoughts? Man, you know, it's. 20,000 when there was a, a projection of 180,000? Yes. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. That is, that, is, that is a little over 10%. Well, you know, and what's his name from, he was Fox News, he's, he's now the White House. No, he was at MSNBC. He's now the, uh, the um, economic advisor for the White House. Uh, you'll you'll know his name, Carwell. Uh, I, f- I forgot his name, but anyway, he's he's, you know, he, they get into as they always do. The Economist, um, one month does not make a trend. That that's what you're hearing. It's just one month, you know. So they're thinking. Okay, so 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 if, I, if I'm based on that logic, then that means next month there has to be like three hundred thousand jobs. Yep. <laughs> Because, you know, January was hellacious. It was big. So they're saying that, you know, they're looking at averages now, not looking at each month, month to month. But the other thing that's even bigger concern is this deficit. 
This right. trade deficit. Aren't the Republicans known for um, small governments uh, and their uh. deficit hawks? I mean, that's that's out the window, man. That's out the window. That is out the window, man. That's out the window. In a hard line against communism. And <laughs> that's fascism. out the window, dude. It's 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 the reversal. I told you, man. We, we in bizarro. This is bizarro world. When you got when you got the Democrats worried about the you know the deficit. <laughs> when the Democrats start worrying worrying about the deficit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and next, because because right now China is saying keep spending, guys. Yeah, keep borrowing. Yeah, absolutely. And why is Katrina Pearson on Al on on Reverend Al's show? <laughs> I thought she was I done. <laughs> maybe maybe she's trying to get an invite to the picnic man, to the cookout. Maybe. Oh no 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 no. Nah, nah, not in what she's saying. No, nah, she ain't getting an invite. No. Maybe, 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 you know what? <laughs> maybe she called him and said, hey, you need to have a Trump supporter, a Trump view. Ooh. Yeah, I can't, I can't even watch the show with her. I can't watch it with her on that. Um, no. uh, what's that? What's the pastor? And was the one that was in Cleveland or whatever it is? Uh, Daryl Scott. No, uh, not not Daryl. Another yeah, Darryl supporter. Scott. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I heard. I haven't heard from him in a long time. Yeah, he's been quiet. He's been quiet. Hey, man. One of the assignments, um, an article, and I'll make sure we post this on, on the uh, podcast page. A lot of folks. This reparations talk is. I mean, in my lifetime, I have never heard. People talk about reparations the way they are talking about reparations right now, ever. And the articles from a guy who was a skeptic, David Brooks, New York Times, I'll make sure I post it. But he talks about uh, how he's coming around and it's pretty interesting. Um, the other interesting thing is you've got 2020 candidates out there talking reparations. Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris. I was listening, uh, Julian Castro, and uh, of course, uh, Texas Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced uh, legislation for a commission to consider reparations proposals for African Americans. I have never heard this much talk. Maybe, I don't know, when Jesse ran, was there any kind of talk about reparations like this? No, I, I think the, 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 the thing is, man, it's all about what's happened now. Mm -hmm. In the other... Other administrations, there was a lull of complacency. Yeah. And so now that you don't have that complacency now, I mean, I can, I, one of the things is that I don't give 45 a lot of credit for mm -hmm. positive things. Yeah. But I got to give him one thing is that he has done more to mobilize people of color yeah. than any other president mm -hmm. yeah. in my lifetime. Yes. And because now there are more thoughtful discussions and dialogues about taking the mantle that we just sat in a corner yeah. with for years. Agreed. So I, I, you know, I give him more credit and like, I agree with it. This, this reparations. So w what I'm noticing now is that Bernie Sanders has kind of introduced this is it's becoming very nuanced. Mm -hmm. Some candidates are saying reparations, but they're not using the term. I well, Bernie said. well, the, the challenge for people who supported reparations for descendants of slaves. This is what this is all about. When you say reparations, right. you should be referring to descendants of slaves based on the sin of slavery in America, period. Okay. But what Bernie talks about is he tries to make it about the downtrodden, 
You know what I mean? In communities. That's right. what he so tries to generalize. You know, yeah, and that's where people a have a problem with Bernie. You know, right. go ahead. So there's a whole nuance in, in the language right there. Yeah. And, and because now what's going to happen is because when you start talking about you got slavery, you got slavery and then you then the, then the Native Americans going to raise their hand up and then the Asian Americans. But, but you know what? The Asian Americans have received for the for the um, camps in, in America. They, they have received reparations for that. You know, and even when you look at the um, Native Americans, you know, when you look at some of the. Uh, things that have put in place have been putting put in place specifically for those communities. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they've done a good job of it because it's shoddy. You know, just look at you can look at the stats. But in terms of anything specifically done for African-Americans, not just for um, any, you know, for for people for I, I guess the best way to put it, as Bernie might put it, is people who are uh, downtrodden or you know, these communities that have been demolished, that doesn't necessarily point to descendants of slaves and slavery. And this is what this is all about. And that's why people have to keep that conversation. If you're going to say reparations, you have to be specific. Yeah. Right. Right. I agree with you on that. But it's just amazing how there is, is being is being nuanced mm -hmm. because people are afraid. Some candidates are afraid to go where you mention. Yeah, because uh, because they're, they're trying to keep this thing as broad as possible. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, though, because I've I've heard people talk about it who I never thought would talk about it. Obama wouldn't talk about it. If I if do you remember him ever really? You're right. You're right. I, 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 I can't I can't uh, I can't defend 44 on that one. <laughs> I mean, he did talk about it. No, he wouldn't go there. He didn't, you know, and, and as as um, as Bernie, Bernie's whole vibe on the fact that he won't talk about it is because he thinks he, he says it's divisive, which I think is problematic within itself. Because, again, one thing I do agree with uh, and, and Sheila Jackson Lee points to this, we need to develop a commission on how if we were to do reparations, how it would be done. There needs to be a commission in place. You don't have that. You know? Well, and also, too, for Bernie to say it's divisive. Yeah, he said it on the town hall. That basically is the reason why we can't have a conversation about race, because once we have a conversation about race, white, feet, white people start saying divisiveness. Yeah, you got to have a conversation about race. You got to be willing to go in and say uncomfortable things. And that's why, you know, the... The Eon. It's not uh, only saying thing. uncomfortable yeah. things. Yeah. It's we have no problems about saying uncomfortable things. Yeah. The problem is the recipients of the message yeah. have a problem hearing have uncomfortable a, a, things. Yeah, have a problem receiving it. I agree. I agree. But um, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Hey man, one more thing, and I'm gonna let you roll with your rant. But uh, I gotta man, you know this dude. You you know Michael Harriet, right? From the root. Yeah. Uh, I got to give it to him. Uh, he 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 laid it down this week um, in terms of uh, I don't know if you had heard about the Amanda Seals comment she made about this ex NFL player, Rhodes Scholar, the neurosurgeon, Myron Roll. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he went to Florida State. He's from uh, New uh, New Jersey. I remember him. Yeah, good kid. Yeah, and and basically she had dropped 
these quote unquote hints that there had been sexual misconduct and she did it in a blog in on on Instagram and uh, none of unfound statements um, impugned his character. Um, he had to go out and basically make a statement. She had to apologize. So it, it's a really interesting article from his opinion piece in the root.com. Um, but but really, man, what it does is it shows how dangerous it can be when you drop these poisonous breadcrumbs, you know, especially in the Me Too era. You know, um, you can't just say things without proof. You know, if it didn't happen to you, you understand what I'm saying? And and um, his article, I'll make sure that I post it on the podcast page. But I thought, um, you know, um, I thought it was it was well done. It was well one of the best pieces regarding um, how people can be irresponsible with social media that I've heard in a while. You know, I've, I've read in a while. So I'll make sure I post that on the podcast page. That's a, that's a good thing, man, because uh, uh, absolutely correct, man. Uh, you don't say stuff like that. And the problem is, again, with social media is people are not being held accountable for the crap they put out there. No, no. If you can be, you know, and that's why, you know, for the most part, we try to source just about everything. You know, even if we say something or, you know, you, you, there's just certain things you just can't. Mm. Even if it's like these little breadcrumbs, these little hints, eh, is it worth it? So here's this guy. He's a neurosurgeon, you know, trying to do right. Um, doctor. And all of a sudden, maybe he had a bad conversation with, with her or with somebody. And next thing you know, he's under the bus. And he's defending himself. So there you go. Hey, man, what you got? Uh, man, you know, I was looking at it, man, you know. Um, I was listening, you know, as, as you've been talking about, uh, this, um, you know, whole thing with R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, you know, I wish people would have the same fervor about boycotting their music as they would think about boycotting the Catholic church. Mm, mm. You know what? Okay. It's funny. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, just for a moment, let me jump in. I saw that on SNL last night where Pete Davidson said the same thing you said. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't even watch SNL last night. I only watched it because Idris, Idris Elba was on, but but he said exactly the same thing you did. But go ahead, man. Yep. I mean, when you think about what the Catholic Church did and then compare that to what R. Kelly and Michael Jackson have allegedly done, what they've done is pales in comparison to the generations. We're talking centuries of abuse. Mm -hmm. Centuries of abuse. And the families that have been impacted yeah, and that it has been a haven for predators, pedophiles, rapists, whatever it is. And yet no one talks about them. Yeah. Now, you know, everyone wants to talk about Michael Jackson and R Kelly, but when you, I saw that movie what was a spotlight about several years ago and it showed how gangster the Catholic church is manipulating both the legal and the judicial system. Mm -hmm. So they can protect these predators, man. So that that, that really gets me upset wow. right there. And then I, I, you know, Roseanne Barr did something the other day, and I'm not a big Roseanne fan at times, but she said something that was quite 
true about the Me Too movement. She says, you know, all she says, it's, it's white girl privilege. A lot of these women knew when they walked into the room at Harvey Weinstein, they knew what was what was about to go down. Mm. And they co-signed on it. Yeah. So they didn't get the par. Guess what? They they screaming sexual harassment. Wow. You know, so that's why girl privilege, because it's, it's amazing how when an African-American woman says the same thing, it does not it does not echo like it does for the white woman. Mm. You know, uh, I'm upset with the uh, state of Georgia, this gangster move they just did. Oh. by taking over the airport. And what and what this is, this is the big blow. Excuse me for a second. Mm hmm. This is the big blow for the state of Georgia to go after taking the city of Atlanta back. If you notice, they did not try to do this when they when they had a perceived strong leader as mayor of the city. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Mayor Lance Bottoms is not perceived as a strong leader. Yeah, they, so they, they didn't try. They didn't try this with uh, what's his name? Um they made this power play with the last mayor. Doing, with the last mayor, yeah, that's yeah. right. Kasim mm -hmm. Reed. Kasim Reed. As they're doing this, you know, they are they are creating these new communities where African Americans are being forced out. White white uh, Caucasians are moving in, and so what's happening now? It is changing the politics and the racial profile of the city. Yeah. If many of you don't know, when you hear Atlanta on the news, they're talking about 20 or 30 some counties, Metro Atlanta, but the city of Atlanta is, is about a half million, maybe about 750,000 people. Yeah, yeah, city proper. Yeah. So those are the people that can actually vote for the mayor of Atlanta. So what's happening now is with projects by Arthur Blank, um, uh, projects by other developers, they're moving in, building these multi these multi-unit complexes on small plots of land mm -hmm. where they can <clears throat> pack as many white folks as possible. And so what's happening is that, quite honestly, Keisha Lance Bottoms might be the last black mayor in a long time. And the way it's going, they're trying to make her a one-term mayor. Wow. But you know, one of the other things, Rand, uh, regarding the city of Atlanta, and I think most people know historically, that that airport has fueled the black economy for years, you know, whether it's um, entrepreneurship, um, whether it's employment and turning it over to the state is going to have significant impact. It is because that's the last big, I guess if that, that that's the last big piece of power, in my opinion, that the city has. Well, yeah. Think about all the all the entrepreneurs, the African American entrepreneurs who run the concessions, Pascals, yeah. who run the who run the support services, whether security, mm -hmm. um, other other elements. These are uh, firms that have been a lot of times the Russell family, the Russells, right? Afri African American African American firms. Yeah. Now with the city running it. Uh, you're going to see less and less of those firms. You're going to see a change. What do you mean with the regard. state? With the state taking over? Now, is with it a done state, deal? Excuse me. Is it a done deal that the state has taken over? Is it a done deal? Well, from my from what I've read, is it appears it's a done deal. Oh. I think I think what's going to happen is it's going to probably go to the courts. Mm -hmm. um, but 
because the question is, all these years we've been running this airport. Yeah, and it's the and all of a sudden one of all the of top airports now, in the in the in the country. Yeah, yeah, because because remember that airport has done a lot f- for Clayton County. Yes, it has. And Clayton County is one of the ten poorest counties in the state of Georgia. And if it wasn't for the airport, it would probably be the poorest county. Yes, it would be. Because what a lot of people don't understand is that when Atlanta won the bid for the Olympics in 1992, there was a massive movement to move people out to make way for this, this, for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So they, so they did, so they demolished many of the public housing projects, mm-hmm. yeah. which probably should have been demolished. But what they did was they moved these people out in these communities. So Clayton County in 1978 had a population about 85% white. Yeah. Now, if you go down to Clayton County, you're going to be hard to find a white person down there. <laughs> and a lot of that influx happened. South when they started side. Moving people out. Yep. When they started moving people out. I mean, heck, your old community at Forest Park and East Point. East Point, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, basically, right. basically the whites have moved further south into Peachtree City, Noonan, if, you, if you're familiar with the area. And, and the areas like East Point College Park and Riverdale, uh, Clayton County, um, as we call it, Clayco. Um, right. All that, you know, is predominantly African-American. Yeah. Right. And so what's happened is when, when, when they started these massive building projects uh, for the Olympics, they they went and gutted out some of the communities, mm. and even Arthur Blank Stadium over there by um, of Northside Drive, which is the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Vine City right now is not the Vine City that we once. Oh no, Vine City okay. back as as my parents used to say, my mom used to say back in the day when Vine City, the police had to call before they went into Vine City. Right, right. <laughs> now, May we please now, now, come now. in? And some of this blame has to go on our politicians yeah, who represented those neighborhoods, who represented those communities. I agree. Because they didn't, they didn't go in and create opportunities. If you create opportunities for people, guess what? The mm-hmm. crime decreases. This is this is going to be a devastating blow to the Black Atlanta economy, and 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 it depending on how this whole thing shakes out. It's going to be big because, you know, Kasim Reed would have never let it happen. He would because it could set a precedent for other cities around the country because very similar government structures. I agree, because as people, again, if you don't know, there's Atlanta and then there's the state of Georgia and Georgia has a totally different mentality than the city of Atlanta in terms of how it's run and in terms in terms of its priorities and its people. So, yeah. Mm. Interesting, man. I'd heard about that um, and I knew it was coming up for a vote. I just don't I didn't know it was a done deal. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Well, the vote was passed. Yeah. The vote was passed. And with somebody so like Kemp, with somebody like Kemp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's mm. it, it, as Keisha Lance Bob said, it was an act of war. It is. <laughs> it's like <laughs> dude it's it's massive y'all just don't know how big I mean y'all know how big the airport is everybody you know knows you know Atlanta Hartsfield is one of the busiest if not the busiest airport in America but giving it to the state is just you know mm, that's like turning turning it over to 45 pretty much 
That's right. You turn it. You, it it's, been, it's been turned over to Trump. It's a Trump airport now. You may as well put his name on it. That's right. They're going to be, they gonna be the trying to take Jackson off now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to change the name of the airport probably. <laughs> oh, Lord. You got anything else, man? Damn. No, that's enough. Can you throw some sunshine <laughs> before we leave? Oh, I got some good news. <laughs> Give man. me some my, good news before we leave. <laughs> my, my daughter, my daughter got accepted into graduate school. So oh yeah, go ahead then. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, hand claps around. I wish I had some applause. Excellent, man. Good stuff. That's what I need to end on. Go to castropolis.net. Um, everything is there. Uh, all the other That's podcasts. Right. Go there. Everything is there. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. One stop shop. Don't don't sit here and say I can't find nothing. It's yeah. there. It's all there. If you, got, all there. if you don't find it, because your ass ain't looking. <laughs> or you can go to Instagram, and uh, you can it's follow there. us on Instagram. Is there? Go there. Um, it's there, y'all. And there's a link on IG. Basically, you can stream. You can uh, check out all the other podcasts. Uh, if you don't know where you can uh, actually listen to us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean TuneIn Radio all that's there uh, if you want to support us as a Patreon member uh, that's on the website at the bottom just scroll down and it's also on the po- on the um, on the um, basically IG page the GP3 as well as on Twitter so go ahead y'all everything is there and, right. um, Stop taking pictures of your food. Go ahead and listen to something. <laughs> Feed your brain. Feed your brain. Feed your brain. Feed your brain. Rand, as always, man, it's it's a pleasure. And um, all right, partner. And and with that, man, round number one twenty six is in the can, and we out of here. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SB the G, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.